I wonder what your reaction would be if this morning I told you that I just found out that a Lotto 649 ticket that I bought on our behalf had won. And that each one, yeah, yeah. And that each one of you was gonna get five million dollars. Good money. I'm sure after a period of shrieks and elation and carrying on, we would start thinking about what we would do with that money. Some of us would be paying off debts and investing for retirement. Perhaps some would retire. Maybe someone would have a career change from something that they didn't particularly enjoy, but maybe running their own business or something like that. We'd probably help family out if we liked them. <laughs> We'd uh, give some to charity, probably treat ourselves in a little way, some way. Um, it would allow us to do some of the things that we're not able to do, maybe, with the money that we have right now. So what's my point? Um, my point is that I'll be selling lotto tickets in the back door. <laughs> My point is, is simply this, that money in and of itself is not bad or good, right? It's not money that is a good or a bad thing. It's our attitude and our approach to money. Scripture's super clear that even though money is not bad or good, it is super dangerous. It's a super dangerous thing. We've come to a point in our study of Hebrews that we're going through a bunch of uh, quick statements in Hebrews 13, the last chapter, and we've been talking about just one sentence exhortations. And today's exhortation is this. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And so we say with confidence, the Lord is my help helper, I will not be afraid, for what can mere mortals do to me? Once again, money in and of itself is not bad, but it is the love of money that is a problem. It's more than a problem, it's a sin. When we lose perspective on money, it can be very, very dangerous. Because what we end up doing is placing our confidence in the wrong place. Placing our confidence in money is a very perilous thing. A very dangerous thing. It's like placing our confidence in a con artist. Did you know that the word or the name con artist comes from confidence artist? Because that's what a con artist does. He builds confidence in you and then he takes advantage of something in you that is vulnerable. The confidence artist is the master of confidence tricks. 
A confidence trick is an attempt to defraud a person or a group after first gaining their confidence used in the classical sense of trust. Confidence tricks, ex uh, tricks exploit characteristics of the human psyche, such as credulity, naivete, compassion, vanity, irresponsible, and, you know, largely greed. This is a picture of the guy who made the $100 bill-making machine. Victor Lustig. He also has another name. He's the man who sold the Eiffel Tower. I'm not joking. You see, the Eiffel Tower was supposed to just be a temporary edifice for the World's Fair in the late 1800s in Paris. Um, kind of like that oval that we have in Montreal for Expo whatever it was, 67, whatever. Um, it was just supposed to be a temporary thing. It was never intended to be there forever. And uh, after several years in Paris, they, the government started thinking, man, this, you know, th this is really a hard building to maintain <laughs> because of rust and then you've got to paint and all this sort of stuff. And so there were articles circulating about the demise, the end of the Eiffel Tower. But by then there was so much interest, right? in um, maintaining it because it had found its place on the, on the uh, landscape of Paris. So Victor decided, this is something I can take advantage of. And so what he decided to do was he stole the uh, letterhead from the Paris government, <laughs> municipal government, and he invited some scrap metal uh, folks a few scrap metal businesses to a meeting and he said, look at guys, this is not, we got to keep this all hush-hush because um, people really love the Eiffel Tower by now, but quite frankly, the government's got to get rid of it. It's a, it's a white elephant. And we gotta, it's too uh, expensive to maintain. So he said, I, as the minister of such and such and such and such, um, I'm willing to take tenders and you can get the metal, or you can imagine the tons and tons of metal in the Eiffel Tower. You can get the, you can get the metal. Well, he got takers, right? He got people that were willing to give wax of money to him, um, thinking that they were going to be able to disassemble and just make so much money from this metal, because that was the... That was their business. He did it once. He did it once. He made so much money, he decided after he got out of Paris, he came back and he tried to do it again, and that's when he was caught. <laughs> Greedy. So what happened there is that the scrap metal companies put their confidence, he was all about building confidence. He was putting... Um, he was building their confidence in him. I want to suggest to you, and I want us to think today of money being a con artist. Money being a con artist. How can money be a con artist? Well, this is the deal with money. People convince themselves 
that it's in money that they will find contentment. Right? If I only had more money, I would not have a worry in the world. I would be content. I would have peace. Right? Even though we have seen millions and millions of examples, it seems, of people that have money who never find contentment, we still have this idea that if we had so much money, we will find contentment. But just like any con, the promise of finding contentment through money never materializes. And what's worse is that you end up in a much worse situation than you had been before you placed your confidence in money. Paul writes to Timothy, his protege, in 1 Timothy 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. The bottom line is that money can never make you content. Any more than a John Deere hat can make me a farmer. <laughs> right? A John Deere hat does not make me a farmer. Right? And money does not bring contentment. It's as bizarre as that, but so many of us are caught up in it. It's a very dangerous con that money and confidence trick that can happen with us. It's very dangerous. Jesus wrote about it in Matthew 6, or said this, recorded by Matthew. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so on the one hand, placing our confidence in money to bring contentment uh, not only is uh, dangerous because it's super risky, <laughs> uh, because money has a tendency to come and go. Right? But it, it's also super risky because it takes us away from what truly brings contentment? <clears throat> Jesus and Scripture teaches us that the love of money is idolatry. We read Ephesians 5 5. For of this you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. 
And then in, right into the Colossians, he says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Paul's very clear about making sure that if we love money, we are displacing the one true God for another God. But Jesus was clear about that when he said this, no one can serve two masters. In other words, you can't serve money and God. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So the love of money is a case of misplaced confidence. On the one hand, we put our confidence in money because we think it brings contentment, but it never will. And what's worse is that by turning to money to bring contentment, we reject God, who is the only source of true contentment. Contentment, true, abiding, uncompromising, satisfying, life-altering contentment can be found in this life, but it's not in accumulating wealth. It's found in God alone, and that's why Paul wrote to Timothy, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment is found in God alone. I love the parables that Jesus told about what being part of the kingdom of God is. You know, he would start a, a story or a, a little word picture, and he would say, the kingdom of God is love, or the kingdom of heaven, interchangeable, the kingdom of heaven is love. This is what he says about the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, and when a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. And then again, Matthew 13, 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Isn't that great? The picture of people who are in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, are people who consider God and godliness more important, more valuable than anything else. Nothing else compares to the value of God and godliness. That's why Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things that you use money for, <laughs> food and clothing, those things will, will come along. But you've got to have the right perspective. You have to seek first his kingdom. He is where you will find contentment for life. Not in money or the things that money will buy.
Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? In Christ alone, I have contentment. That attitude is what allows us to handle money with care. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the clarity of it and how it speaks so directly about this issue of the love of money. The Lord, we would all admit that it is easy to get caught up in the con that money will bring us contentment, all that we need. But those who have tasted and seen that you are good, those of us who have experienced you know that there is nothing that tastes better. There is nothing that is more satisfying. There is nothing greater than that which is found in you and in the relationship with you. So help us to be wise stewards of the money that we have, but help us not to fall into the temptation of thinking that it's anything more than what it is. Simply a means of commerce. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. If you're visiting with us, thanks for coming. We really appreciate you being here. God bless.